1: Welcome back to episode 110 of The Root of All Success. I'm going to be talking with a guy named Will Bosta. Will has this company called Ascend Ecom that he started during the pandemic, and now it is doing millions of dollars of revenue every single month. Let me tell you a little bit about Will. He was born in New York. He graduated from Arizona State University, and after an initial career in health tech, uh, he went on to work for some tech startups. He he, he was building out sales strategy marketing teams, but he's found his passion really in entrepreneurship, not just not just business, not just W two employment uh, employment, but but entrepreneurship. And uh, so he w- he invested in the e commerce industry, and he found that most companies out there that were helping people get in the e com business w- weren't setting their customers up for long term success, and he saw a gap in it. And he said to his business partner, he said, hey, I think we can fill this gap. And so they started Ascend Ecom, and it's an e-commerce automation agency. Uh, it's an investment management company. It's the only company in the industry that mixes up all the logistics, the wholesale distribution, and the e-commerce all into one with Amazon, Walmart, et cetera. Um, just with two, almost three years in the business, they have over 400 clients that they're working with hundreds of employees. I've got two warehouses in Dallas, Texas, and they're doing millions of dollars every single month in revenue. That is crazy. So the rise or the ascend to success has been pretty quick for Will. So please help me welcome Will Basta to the show. Thanks for being on the show, man. It's good to to see you. Jason, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, um, I just had this weird deja vu moment. I don't know if you ever have these, but I just had it. This is such a weird because you and I have never met. We've never talked before, Mm -hmm. but yet I feel like this has happened before. So I don't know what that means. This (laughs) might set up for kind of of a weird (laughs) kind of a weird show. But I just had I don't know. You ever have that happen like deja vu? There's something happens. You're like, I've been here before.
2: Of course. Of course.
1: I'd say it's a monthly thing. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't often have it. And that just it just hit me anyway. So sorry about my weird weirdness. But uh, Will, thanks for joining us. I, I understand you're in uh, at a hotel in Miami right now. You're kind of all over the place, but uh, visiting some friends, doing some business, doing some real estate down there. But I want to thank you for being on the show. I don't even remember how we originally got connected. Do you do you I always like to kind of trace back? How, how did we get connected? Do you remember?
2: Uh, I think it was both of our podcast slash booking PR firms connected us. You know, there's obviously a potential synergy here, and that's why they brought us together. So, and I already feel it. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's cool because I mean, the, I was talking to some friends last night. We we hung out together and we're smoking cigars and, and just you know talking about life. And they were asking about the podcast and I, and they were asking how it was going. It's like, dude, it is one of the coolest things I've ever done because. I get to meet some of the coolest people, most successful people that I, you know, my life just probably wouldn't intersect with otherwise. And, uh, you know, I'm really anxious to hear a little bit about your story, because as I I talked about in the in the top top on the intro, I mean, you've created uh, a pretty amazingly successful company from an impact and a financial standpoint just in a couple of years. So I want to talk a little bit about that, of course, today. But how did you um, how did you get your start as an entrepreneur? Was it as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult? How did you get your start? Good question. Um, Yeah,
2: I, you know, I always, the last 10 years prior to really starting this business, I worked for, I had a passion for working for sort of smaller startups, which I think has a lot of parallels to entrepreneurialism in the fact that there's, you know, a lot of stuff coming out of left field, you wear a bunch of hats, it's a fast paced environment, stuff like that. And then I started to do some micro investments within the e-commerce space, you know, a lot of failures here and there, getting on the Amazon platform, trying out, you know, ways to make digital income streams while I was working at W-2. Um, and that's really what led me to a, it's sort of a these are all sort of stepping stones to eventually meeting my business partner and us doing some market research on a so-called competitor of who we are now, but not I wouldn't really consider them a competitor now. <laughs> but if you look at it at the surface they do the same kind of model that we do and that really just spawned our company and we said hey we can do this better let's give it a go and now you fast forward almost three years in and we are where we are
1: yeah wow so so uh, you went to Arizona State University um what what was your what was your degree in
2: yeah it was political science actually I uh, it was it yeah <laughs> It's international studies, which I, I went down that route because I was interested in the international space. I love to travel. It's a huge part of just more of like a passion thing for me. I did go in as pre-med though. And that's why I worked in health tech for almost 10 years. Uh, I went in pre-med and then I dropped out of that because it just wasn't my my avenue, the clinical side of things. But I still wanted to have a part in the healthcare ecosystem. And that's why I worked for so innovative, small tech startups in the healthcare space. So I still had an impact in that sense.
1: Wow. So pre-med to political science and international studies to do an e-com and the logistics and <laughs> uh, warehousing, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think, uh, well, <laughs> let me ask this. what, what, Why? I, the interest in pre-med, obviously, there's probably something in life that said, hey, I'm going to go and do the pre-med stuff. But political science, like what was the... What was the idea there? What, what were you hoping to accomplish with that type of degree?
2: Yeah. So the, the poli sci degree was a focus on international government and just sort of like policies abroad. Um, and so as boring as that might sort of sound, my, what my draw to it was, was the fact that I've been traveling since I was 14 and I was like, okay, this is a major that I can sort of learn about how things work outside of the United States. Um, given that I know I'll be traveling my whole life. It's a bug that I had and I knew I wasn't going to get rid of. So that's what drew me there. And then I realized everyone in there is pretty much trying to be a lawyer. <laughs> so I'd go to these classes and people would just be yelling at each other across the seminar room. And I would just sit back and watch it happen. And I thought it was interesting to see different opinions because that's an important thing to make sure that you can see other sides of the coin in all forms of life. So that's the most I really got out of out of that major.
1: Do you do you think that your major your your college degree, regardless of the major, has uh, helped helped you succeed as an entrepreneur?
2: I wouldn't necessarily say. Eh, I mean, there's some there's some parallels to success from what I learned. I think it was more of encompassing the experience in university when you balance. I mean, you hear Arizona State and people think party, right? <laughs> there are a lot of good colleges within that university. But if you look at just university experience in whole, a lot of it is really being able to balance academia and intense social scene at the same time and coming out with a degree (laughs) and not flunking out. I think that's a big achievement in general. Because you know a lot of people go in there and they hit extremes on either side. And if you come out just with your face in your book the entire 4 years, that's not really going to be that beneficial in a lot of business aspects. If you come out just partying you're probably not gonna come out <laughs> with a degree. So the balancing yeah. aspect is most important. The degree specifically, I wouldn't necessarily that has really led me to where I am. Um, that was more of an interest kind of situation, which I guess if you really peel back the layers, there's probably some dots that connected from my experience in that major.
1: So if you're so if you're talking to a young, uh, you know, young person coming out of high school and they're looking at the future and they've got a a mind for, for business or maybe not a mind, but a desire for business, entrepreneurship, et cetera. What would your advice be? Go to college or no?
2: <laughs> so I don't want to advise anyone not to go to university, but I my, my advice 100% would say, after you graduate, consider taking a year before you go to university and not rushing directly into it. Um, your parents might be against that. But you can make a sort of a proposition about, you know, if you can make as much money as what your college costs, (laughs) you know, in those four years, (laughs) then why not? Because business experience in those four years is really going to be way more applicable depending upon the major and what you would be going for. If you want to be an engineer and that's your passion, go to university, right? But if you don't really know, I don't see the need to rush directly into it. I see taking a year to absorb the last X amount of years you've already had education and see how you are 18 plus and see what direction you're sort of magnetized to. And if university still feels like the move for you, then go at it for sure. It still has some benefits. No question about it. But I don't... My point is I don't want to give it too much of a diplomatic answer here, but you see what I'm going with it. I just feel like traditionally, people are just sort of forced onto the next step. And I
1: think making sure there's breathing room in between is extremely important. Well, folks, you could tell he has a political science degree, the way you answered that question. (laughs) Because I think at a bar, you and I having a drink and I ask that question, you'd be like, hell no, don't go to college. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. But I but I think I, I get I get where you're coming from, because what you what you said is that. The experience that you got was probably the thing that gave you the most benefit as an entrepreneur, not necessarily the classes and the the books and that type of thing. So yeah. the question then becomes, well, why why would someone go spend 100 grand on a, on an undergraduate degree, a bachelor's degree for that type of experience? But, um, you know, I, I think there's strong opinions on both sides of the aisle on, on the college thing. I know my, my I have a bachelor's degree in ministry of all things, and I have a, a master's mm-hmm. degree in education. And and yeah. do they do they contribute to what I do today as a coach and a, a speaker and author? Yeah, but not directly. And it took me years and years and years to pay off those debts. And I got my, you know, my debts yeah. in the 90s when they were a lot less than they are today. But but anyway, we digress. But the entrepreneurial experience is what we want to chat. We want to yeah. chat mostly about. So you are um, you're in the e-com space. You, your company is Ascend e So what is mm-hmm. it specifically that you guys do? Yeah, so we're
2: sort of a triple threat approach in terms of the supply chain and e commerce world. Uh, we are essentially a product wholesale distributor. So under our umbrella, Ascend Distribution is there, which means we distribute products at wholesale to our clients. Uh, we also are a logistics company, meaning we have our own warehouse facilities and prep centers that are filled with only Ascend employees. And then we're an e commerce investment. Management company, AKA an automation agency. And all of that is baked into one. And what the automation agency means is we build and manage Amazon businesses for investors and Walmart businesses. And why we're so successful with doing that is because the first two aspects of the business I mentioned is the heart of who we are. And that's the heart of a successful business in e-commerce these days. So we do everything internally. Um, so someone comes to us and they want to tap into the $5 trillion e-commerce industry, they don't have the time, they have the cash. They're looking for an alternative investment outside of stocks and real estate. If they don't have the infrastructure, they they come to Ascend Ecom and we do everything for them, and then we share in sort of a profit split based on the success of the business.
1: Wow! So, how did you how did you become aware of how to do that? I mean, you guys have only been doing this two or three years, um, and yeah. you're succeeding to the tune of you know like millions and millions of dollars of monthly revenue. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. how were you able to figure that out and do that?
2: Yeah. So, you know, prior to starting the organization, you know, we can go back pretty far where I first got involved with Amazon. I mean, I took a couple courses. I had some failures on trying to start a product on the side, got to learn the back end a little bit, uh, you know, opened my own Amazon store. Same with my business partner. He, he worked for a company that's really successful as well in the e-commerce world. And so we had experience on that side a little bit, right? Uh, that being said, we got to a point where we were not trying to start an agency like this, but we were testing the market and we invested in an opportunity that is similar to what we offer about three years ago. And really what it showed is how inefficient providers are in the space, how they have a model that is like broken on all fronts, but has so much potential. It's just not done the right way. It's lacking ethics from leadership. Lacking real logistics, outsourcing every part of the business, not really having any infrastructure, taking the term digital and really making the entire business digital, which isn't really something that would work when you're managing the business, when you're using someone else's warehouse and stuff like that. And so at the end of the day, we saw a model that we could improve upon. And so we took what was there and we actually had a year with only about 10 to 15 clients. So we weren't growing as fast the first year. We wanted to make sure what we knew we could do, we could do. And we had that model proven out. And so it wasn't being greedy. We were just taking the money that that we were making from those initial clients and pumping it back into the business, R&D, proving out different things, finding new potential gaps that could be there in the future. And refining that process until we felt comfortable enough to say, Hey, let's rebrand. Let's go hit marketing on this. We got something special. And then now we, we are where we are, you know, close to 500 clients, millions of revenue, 2 warehouse facilities that are ours, office in Los Angeles, um, a unique business model that no one else in the industry really offers the way that we do.
1: And yeah, we're on a rocket ship. <laughs> well, that deserves a little clap for you, man. That's, that's pretty cool. But you've, you've done something... You've done something pretty cool. I don't know why this keeps clapping. Just, there we go. Stop. <laughs> new 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 toy here with Riverside. They do cool stuff, but I don't know how to use it all. But mm-hmm. so with Amazon, Amazon's such a weird thing because I've got some experience in Amazon, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on it. So I I looked at the Amazon FBA and Amazon drop shipping models, and kind of said, "Hey, I, here's an alternative way for me to make some money, and I'll just hire some yeah. people to do it for me." Or, I could hire an agency, and the agencies wanted to take such in my opinion such a large chunk of it. I thought nah i I'll, I'll I'll hire v a VA and i will manage this on a smaller scale. I'll do it myself. Well, it worked okay, but uh you know, we had a killer December last year, and I think we sold. As well, we were doing drop shipping, uh, which I now know is a no-no, but uh, <laughs> but but I didn't know that at the time, and uh, we did like a hundred grand in the month of December, which you know we we were profiting pretty well, like thirty grand, thirty percent of that. Well, Amazon shut us down in January. And yep. to this day, yep. they have not released that money that is rightfully mine. Whether yep. I broke their, yep. you know, the rules or not, it's still rightfully mine. It's not their money, yeah. but they won't release it. Yep. And yep. here I'm sitting with a okay. credit card bill that I and I bought all that stuff legit, legitimately and have to, you know, and then I sold it. Um, have yeah. you, I mean, <laughs> what, what does one do yeah. in that situation? Do you have any kind of connections with, I'm not asking you to fix my problem, but is that why you've of been course. so successful? Because you know how that works.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, if you had gone with an agency, right? Which there's still some out there that misguide investors and don't let them know that it's against terms of service or they say that it is but they have an appeal team. Like that's we we take transfer clients all the time who had gone through a situation like that and they want to do it on a legitimate scale and that's what we do. We don't break any rules. We go directly buy the book with Amazon. Amazon likes us and they like our clients and that's the whole goal and investing in a sustainable manner. In terms of your case, specifically, I can send you some information of an organization that we work closely with that has internal people on Amazon or used to to work at Amazon that can probably unlock your money for you. Um, They're very, very good at the appeals process and they have internal contacts there um, for a small fee, which is well worth it. Uh, If it's to that extreme, right? Because that's pretty extreme. That's a lot of money, obviously. and that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, that's, that's something that a lot of people, the automation agency has a bad name to it because there were years of that happening and people not telling people that that's against terms of service. You just found out last December. I've known that for like three years, you know, that it's against terms of service. But it's not your job to really know that because it's not your industry. So if someone wants to tap into the e commerce space, they want to make sure they can trust the partner that they have. <laughs> that they're not guiding them down a direction using their money to break rules. Amazon will always catch you if you break rules, right? So that's that's just the bad side of the industry. And we saw that. And we said, Hey, this is like, this is not right. Number one. This is an industry that has monumental growth ahead of its bill. But you need to do it the right way for it to be a sustainable investment. And that's why we've had so much organic growth is because that's our approach. That's our vision. And that's how we... We look at this business model, it might take longer for our business to get to that 100 k mark like you just mentioned. That's not going to happen the first 6 months, first year. But what's more important? Making a lot of money quick and having a store get shut down and your money locked up? Or having a business that lasts for a decade that makes more money in the long term and is actually able to be sold as an asset? Dropshipping stores are not worth money. You know, No one wants to buy those because they have bad reviews and history of... of <laughs> tension with Amazon. You know what I mean? We build assets for people. It's not just passive income. It's a true digital asset on the Amazon and Walmart platform, which in which you can sell down the
1: line like digital real estate. Well, I, I wish the, now, of course, hindsight's always 2020, 20, but I wish yeah. now that I would you know, hired Ascend or somebody, you know, somebody else to manage, you know, to do that even for a fee, because, um, I'm, it's a loser for me. You know, it's an, it's a mistake that I made. I lost money. I'm still petitioning about every two weeks. I send a pleading email to Amazon through my account. Like, please just, you got to stay on it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a credit card bill equal to the amount of money that they owe me. And what am I supposed to do? Like, just, I I just got to pay that out of uh, other funds somewhere else. And it's, yeah, uh, I, I I've been boycotting Amazon for ever since this happened. So I got it makes my life a little bit difficult. It's crazy because a hundred
2: grand is nothing to them. But it's a lot to everyone else most of the time. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Well, it's it's not fair. Well, maybe I could that, be a, right, a,
1: a. Well, you know, maybe for you, I could be a. I could be one of those guys again. This is why you don't do it on your own. You need to work with Will and his team. They because listen, you could go fast and and lose money, or you could go with them and go a little slow and make money. So <laughs> I yep. could be your poster child for how go, not exactly to do it. Go. Right. So what, uh, what mistakes did you and your partners make early on that, that you look back now and go, man, that, that was a bad, that was a bad move.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the common mistakes as leaders is trying to do everything right. So, you know, that's, that's, that really happens as with a lot of entrepreneurs early on, cause it's your baby that you built. So you try to take every role and, <laughs> do it yourself. You know what I mean. Not that we weren't hiring, but when things came up, we realized that we're not the expert in that avenue of the business. But still, try to do it ourselves. We learned that pretty quick within the first, you know, six months. That no, we need to put resources here. Someone that is specialized in that side of the business, et cetera. Right. Uh, industry-wise, we were very, very heavy on Walmart uh, at a point when Walmart was still sort of an unstable investment. Uh, one that's sort of volatile and it still slightly is. Uh, to sort of speak to that a little bit further, we were pushing Walmart a lot because of the fact that there's less sellers on it, right? Under 200000 At that time, there's under 100000 What does that mean? Less competition, higher margins. Blue ocean opportunity, right? It still is. But they are new as their party... As a third-party platform, which means they're very, very inefficient in terms of Seller management. Their platform is garbage. Tech glitches. They bit off more than they percent And lap. Yeah. And last year, around September, they decided to cut half of their seller sellers for no rhyme or reason. That's fifty thousand plus sellers. They just eliminated both compliant sellers and non-compliant. Part of that were our clients. Um, what we did to fix that, obviously, because we guarantee everyone's investment. And we do right by our clients is we invested in rolling them over to an Amazon business, which is actually worth more money and didn't charge them more for that. Um, and we were able, those clients are all still with us, right? That was a hiccup that the industry felt at large. And we pretty much put too much emphasis on the high risk, high reward investment, and not pushed and didn't push the sustainable investment first. And now someone comes to us, unless they really insist on it. Their first investment will be an Amazon business. That's the most sustainable investment. That's the one that we know can be worth money, like digital real estate. That is, we've mastered that platform, even though it does evolve. Um, You know, we learn every day on it. But my point is, you know, they've been doing it for a while, and we're more efficient on that platform. We know how it works, and we know what the future is, right? If they want to have a, a portfolio, then they go down the Walmart route, and that's their second investment or third. That's like your crypto investment, high risk, high reward, you know? And that's how we present it to our clients because we're well aware that Walmart still has inefficiencies.
1: So, what is the model for Ascend? Are you guys, you know, you you bring somebody in, say, hey, you can invest X number of dollars, and we'll set your store up, and then we take a cut of the profits moving forward. Is that is that pretty much the model?
2: Yeah, that's a similar model that you would say most of the people in the space have, except for that's the pricing model. We don't do renewal fees. We don't have any other monthly costs. When we actually cut the net profit to true net in the sense that if there's any business expenses, like a supplier membership fee or anything like that, that the client actually has to pay for, then that gets calculated out of the revenue and brought into um, and, and then we calculate the net for the net profit. So it's a true net profit in that sense. If we look at the business model though, of how we grow the businesses people can use this term in the industry, hybrid, etc. But we really are the only ones that are doing this this way. Because we are a wholesale distributor, we have the access to be able to do a lot of things differently. We build every business out as an FBA business first, right? So Amazon Prime products or Amazon's products, Amazon is fulfilling them out of their warehouse, but they have to go to our warehouse first, right? That's leverage using wholesale method, which is Buying in massive quantities, sometimes the send distribution as a distributor will buy them as in quantities in the millions, potentially half a million in toys, whatever it may be. We get those volume discounts and then we pass those on to our clients and they buy them at cost from us, right? Once we mature the business a little bit, four to six months in, we incorporate FBM, which would be your historical drop shipping side of the business, but it's not drop shipping. We call it high frequency reselling. Where we list products as if they were almost drop shipped, because the client hasn't bought them yet, and we then ship them out of our warehouse and charge charge the client once the customer purchases it from their Amazon store. And or we'll buy it one to two day shipping from the supplier, ship it to our warehouse, repackage it, ship it out the next day. So it's complying with Amazon's terms of service, and we're also getting access to customers who don't have a Prime membership because not everyone in the United States pays for a Prime membership, but they all shop on Amazon, right? Um, and then the additional complexity here is private label. We build brands for clients and that's for more complex investors looking at the long term, you know, value of their business because it increases value and appreciation of the business by having a brand associated with it. So we hit on all three of those essentially.
0: Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible.
1: As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, improve your sales Process decrease the sales cycle because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the root of all success at therealjasonduncan.com/slash/dub and that's D-U-B-B. I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they are primary sponsor of the podcast. They have helped over sixty. Thousand businesses around the world communicate better to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, anything you need around video and sales and automation. Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to the slash dub and there you're going to get 2 weeks for free to try Dub Plus. You're going to get 50% off your first 2 months of Dub. You can you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to the slash dub 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the Yellow Pages. You remember those things? (laughs) And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story Do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses and then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today. And to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to the slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later.
0: Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show.
1: Wow. So, I mean, so if somebody is interested in uh, producing a secondary source of income, um, Ascend is a great partner to do that. If you want to get into the e space, it sounds like you can do a little bit of everything, FBA, FBM. You could do the private labeling stuff, all of which I'm familiar with because I've gone down this rabbit hole and I've lost a lot of money as a result of yeah. it. And, and now I'm just bitter. <laughs> I don't feel like getting back involved, but I know that it's <laughs> still a good... That. My experience does not dictate the reality that everyone will experience in this. So, well, Will, I, I've got this. I want I want to kind of shift gears a little bit in our conversation. Yeah. I have this theory and the reason I, the the reason I started this show back when I started the show um, is I wanted to kind of, I wanted to interview entrepreneurs like you who have been very successful. I mean, you're doing millions a month. So if you think about millions a month, just multiply it times 12, that's a lot. That's a, that's a big, that's a big revenue for an entrepreneur to, to create uh, that most entrepreneurs don't ever do that. So I want to interview successful entrepreneurs and find out their keys to success. And what I figured out over the time, like, after interviewing hundreds and hundreds of people is that the, there are five things that show up in every single entrepreneur's story that yeah. help them unlock success. And I'd like to run, if you don't mind, I'd like to run that theory past you uh-huh. and you could say, yeah, uh-huh. cap or crap. You know, is it, is it really, is yeah, it not? Yeah. What, what is yeah, it? Yeah. So, so like the first key that I've discovered is passion. If it, for you to have been successful, you had to have had passion in the thing that you're doing and passion generally is seen as, liking something um which is a part of passion that's an emotional side of passion but really it's the mental side of passion that i found is really the key which because passion the word actually means willing to suffer that's if you go back and look at the passion of the christ which is where we hear that term used most frequently around the original meaning it wasn't that he was excited to go to the cross it was he he was willing to suffer for a bigger cause so in your Mm -hmm. story of going of becoming successful as an entrepreneur where is that passion for you, and did or did it even did even did it even appear for you?
2: Yeah, I would say the biggest passion. I'm going to narrow it down to our business in general, Ascend Ecom. I think the biggest passion was really taking something that people looked at as like everyone in the industry is lacking integrity, <laughs> doesn't do it right, gouging clients for money and stuff like that, and us knowing that that's not who we are as leaders. And really taking a business model that was looked at as pretty much just a model that you need to stay away from and proving otherwise. So the passion driven on that side was really bringing in ethics and integrity into the industry and legitimizing our sector and doing it the right way and doing right by people in our sector, right by investors and making people believe in the model. Because historically, no one really did considering Honestly, I'm not saying every investor or every provider in the space is bad. There are some good companies out there that do the right thing, but 95% of them aren't. <laughs> and so I drove a lot of passion once we started doing it on that side. And that really tailors into how we message, you know, how, how we present AscendEcom and our messaging and how it actually connects with people as a whole. So,
1: Interesting. Well, this, the second key that I found that, that, that appears in every entrepreneur story to success is being at the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, you can look at this more existentially where, you know, Amazon, an Amazon e-com store wouldn't happen in the eighties. right? So that right place, right time has to be now. Yeah. Uh, but, but more specifically, is there a place in time you can point to and went, Hey, had I not been there at that moment, this would have never happened. Is there the is, that that appear in your story?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think meeting my business partner, we met because, you know, we met in sort of weird terms, looking at different investments in sort of like a forum, and we just sort of connected. And if I had not decided to sort of go into that investor forum and respond to something that he said, we would have never met, and maybe we would have never started this company. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I look back at that; it's funny because we we talked for about sixty days straight after we met. And we're invested in in this, you know, competitor's model. And we were just looking at... At that time, we weren't thinking about starting this. We were thinking about starting other brands and other things. But we sort of had a lot of synergy when it comes down to let's start something. You know, we... Like, you've got this kind of brain. I got this kind of brain. There's a yin and yang here. We need to leverage this kind of thing. So...
1: That's interesting. So you went to a... What was the forum? Do you remember?
2: It was honestly, it, it, oh God, it had something to do with um, like credit, like, uh, you know, building business credit or whatever, and then entrepreneurial stuff. There's something on Facebook, um, and it was recommended by someone. I, I can't really remember exactly, but it was in the winter. And yeah, and my business partner has a, a background in credit and business credit and stuff like that. And I was looking for some advice on something specific because I was wanting to invest in certain things, leveraging business credit, which you know, as a lot of us know, it's very, very important. Credit is huge important as an entrepreneur. Um, and he had yeah. that background. And I, had, I actually had... I got him an interview at the company I was working for at that time, too. Because he was getting his MBA. <laughs> and I was working for a tech company. And I was reporting to the CEO. You know, I was a senior employee there. And I got him an interview there. He actually didn't get the job. <laughs> but the irony of it is that him and I started a company together. <laughs> you know, and then I left that. that right place, I right time, man. I-
1: yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, every story, every story will, mm-hmm. man, there's this point in time, this place, and, and it always happens in the most unsus- unsuspecting places. Well, I say it always. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes you suspect it. But but I think what you mm-hmm. did is you you went into that forum, asked questions And then, man, that ended up being the right time, right place to produce a million, -million multi-million dollar company. And that's wild. I think entrepreneurs need to hear that. Go, go get out there. Go to places. Talk to people. And and, and by the way, people is the third key, knowing the right people. And it sounds like your business partner. uh, What's his name? Mm -hmm. Jeremy. So Jeremy. So Jeremy sounds like he's. Every, every entrepreneur has that person or persons in their life that said, if I hadn't known this person, I wouldn't be the success that I am today. Jeremy's obviously one of those people. Are there other people in your yeah. life that you can point to to say, yeah. yeah, these are these are the people in my life that made me successful.
2: Uh, that, that stand out specifically. I mean I, my mom <laughs> number one, you know I, I think you know she raised me in a very, very I, my parents split up when I was younger. Uh, my dad was still in my life, you know. He was a baseball coach, that kind of stuff, for sports, you know, sporting events, stuff like that. But through high school, I really grew up with my mother. Um, she raised me very, very independently, more of like a, you know, I tr- I have a lot of trust in you kind of thing. Go out, the trial error approach. Go out and do your thing, right? Just be smart, kind of situation, and always very supportive in things, and never really like spoiling me with anything, making me work for and earn things. You know what I mean? So I came into this with a mindset from, from a lower to regular middle class family that, you know, essentially I, I I value gratitude and earning things and things like that. And I think that's an integral part of how I approach a business, how I treat our employees and
1: overall just my mindset. That's good man. Yeah. So Jeremy and your mom. <laughs> that's fantastic. We <laughs> haven't met yet. <laughs> really? You got to get these people in a room yeah. say man, listen, oh, you two, man. you two oh, are, have made who I am today. So that's is good. Um yeah. so so will the other the, the last two keys that I have found in success are less prevalent in terms of just Immediate recognition. I think passion people are passion, place, and people are almost immediately recognizable for most entrepreneurs in their story of success. But the last two are equally important, although not as often uh, recognized. And that is preparation. In other words, having the know-how to pull it off and then the fa- and the final key is the plan you know what's our plan to do this from a financial standpoint how do we how do we financially invest in this from a plan standpoint to make it happen so in your story of building ascend as a very successful entrepreneur what was your preparation point and then how what was your plan to make it happen
2: yeah i think i, I touched on this lately yeah, the, the biggest would i attribute a lot of our success is the fact of being patient and not being greedy <laughs> in the beginning and, and really testing out our model before we just bring on a bunch of clients and bust out of the seams and then catch up to ourselves, swim upstream the whole time. First year, like I said, we had a small client batch. We could have quadrupled that size if we really wanted to. But why do that when you haven't proven out your model 100% yet, right? And so yeah. patience in that as- aspect was extremely, really important. Understanding that like it's not all about the money you can get from this. It's making sure that this is a business that we can build and it's going to be around for a long time. And we do it the right way. Because that's the whole point where we're in this business in the first place. right? So we were patient enough to have pretty much the year of the pandemic when things were booming. (laughs) And we could have skyrocketed. But I think we probably would have crashed and burned if we did that. We kept it small. And we focused on on the success of the the few clients we had. And the potential hiccups we would have if we did it at scale. And we were proactive in that approach. And when we felt that it was the right time, January 2021, we said, Hey, let's, let's go at it. We have the right pieces of the puzzle together.
1: So how do you, how would you define the term success? What, what does that mean to you?
2: Uh, I think. I wouldn't draw... A lot of people might look at success as just financial success and stuff like that. I would not necessarily that. I, I It's a very tough question because success... I think you have little successes throughout your day all the time. <laughs> um, so it depends if it's on a micro or a macro scale. When it comes down to success for me, I mean, I think being able to look back on each day and knowing that you know I did the right thing, and I did the best that I could do in those situations and then I can go to bed knowing that I had a successful day and of the best of my abilities that might seem a little corny and cheesy, but it's true um it's It's one day at a time for me on those on these kind of things you know being an entrepreneur that runs a business as big as our business, you know there's a thousand things going on every single day, and you can't do everything perfectly. But if you can look back and say that you gave it your best attempt in the time that you had to do it, that's successful in my, in my eyes. And that compounds day over day, week over week, month over month, year over year. And Then you look back at the last 20 years and damn, you had a successful 20 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so according to that definition of success, do you consider yourself to be a successful person?
2: I do, but I also believe that, that doesn't give me any reason to sit back and be like, Oh, I made it because I, there's a lot more to learn. There's a lot more to do. There's a lot more impact to make. A lot more success to have in a lot of different avenues, whether it's relationships, whether it's your business, family, anything. Like I said, success can be you know in any kind of aspect of your life. And I think every single day you come up with challenges that which you can be successful based on the effort that you gave. So I'm successful right now, but it's a lot more to have.
1: Yeah. What would you say the key if you had to pick one thing? You know, you've been very successful over the past couple of years with a Sandy comma ecom. And you built a very, very uh, successful business in terms of financial success and impact for your customers, for your clients, because they're building wealth. What would you say that one thing is like, this is the key to my success?
2: In terms of how we got to where we are?
1: Yeah. Just what, I mean, what do you think is your key to success?
2: Yeah. Uh, I I, I could have 10 answers here, to be honest with you. (laughs) My key to success with our company and sort of where we are. I mean, I, I think... It's, it's really gr- a gratitude aspect. I, I make sure that I, I can step out of the situation in the craziest and the chaos and be like, Wow. Even if it's a horrible day, <laughs> you got to be grateful to where you got so far and where you are at that moment and then push through and persevere to the next day. Right. So having gratitude for how far you've made it gives you pretty much the tools to attack the next day, whether or not that previous day was unsuccessful in your eyes or a tough day or whatever. And again, it goes back to compounding that gratitude, which I think is the foundation of really pretty much projecting positivity throughout the company, both with internal employees and, and clients, which leads to better communication, more synergy, more fluidity within the business model. I think it's a it's, it's a great thing to have and it's very important. So
1: gratitude, I think, is, is an integral part of our success. Listen, people, that, that is a good that is a good tip because his key to success, Will, saying that it's just gratitude, which is a mindset. It's knowing being grateful for where how far you've come, even though you're not exactly where you want to be. This is a journey. And the journey is the exciting part. The destination, you know, like every entrepreneur, you reach your milestones, the destination, whatever that milestone is. I want to make a million dollars, I want to make two million, I want to make a hundred, whatever. When you hit that. It's only good for a moment, and then you're like, okay, I want to move on to the next thing. So you have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy the journey of building yep. a company the right way. So, Will, I thank you for for pointing that out. How would people get in touch with you as we wind our conversation up? Let's talk about how they could get in touch with you. Somebody out there listening says, hey, you know, this is an extra extra income opportunity for me. What what would what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, hundred um, percent. So our website, obviously, you can read a lot about what we do, book a call directly with us, look at our publications from Ford, Forbes to the podcast that we do are all listed there. That's www.ascendecom.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D-E-C-O-M.com. And then our social channels. Our Instagram is probably the most robust. That's ascend underscore Ascend underscore E-C-O-M. And then our YouTube at Ascend E-C-O-M, which we post on regularly as well. You can reach out to us pretty much everywhere. On those and book a call with us and our calls are very educational. We're not trying to sell anything really upfront. It's more of like, let's learn about your background. Let's learn about why this interests you. Is there a fit to some extent? Does it make sense to continue a conversation? And then we sort of take it from there.
1: Well, Will, it's been a fantastic conversation and congratulations on your success. I I really appreciate you. you. Sharing the insights of what it's like to build that company and the fact that, you know, you talked about how you, you know, went slow, even though you could have blown it up, but you realized that you would have crashed and burned. So having that patience, use that word a few times, having patience and then into gratitude. So, Will, uh, it's it's been good to meet you. I'm glad we connected and I wish you continued success on your journey as an entrepreneur, man. Thank you for being on the show. Likewise, Jason. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur uh, who built a successful company in a relatively short amount of time sharing his story of how he reached success. And it was interesting to hear him talk about his his definition of success was, um, you know, just looking back each day and knowing that he did the best that he could. And his key that he, he wants you to walk away with is knowing that gratitude is the key to success. Just having that that mental state of looking back and saying, you know, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm grateful for what I've accomplished so far. If you're interested in reaching out to Will, he gave his contact information there at the end of the show, but I'll give it again. It's AscendEcom.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D, A-S-C-E-N-D, E-C-O-M, AscendEcom.com. Or you can fin- uh, find them on Instagram at Ascend underscore Ecom or YouTube ascendecom. Got lots of information there, but go look up Will Basta. And if you're interested in getting the Amazon game or the Walmart game to do some e-commerce stuff, he'd be a great guy to get in touch with. I want to say thank you here at the end of the show for you listening and for, for subscribing. Uh, I know every podcast you listen to, the, the host at some point says, please rate and review and subscribe. And you know what? This is not just for vanity metrics. It's not just for us to have more subscribers. It's because it puts, it pushes the show and the algorithm to the top of the list so that more people can listen because we do these shows. I do my show. I don't know why anybody else does theirs, but I do my show to impact people just like you, to give you the opportunity to hear from a successful entrepreneur, how he did it, how she did it so that you can do the same thing. So thank you for listening, but please go subscribe. Please leave a review. It means the world to me. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, you need to go check it out. I'm using Riverside FM. Now to record these, we can record in 4k. So the quality should be a lot better, but you can find me on, uh, find these on youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan. Tune in again next week. When I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success until then I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at the Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Wanna know the way out? take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on the Root of All Success.